Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. Here's your host, Olivia Corinne. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. My name is Olivia, the creator of Olivia Crin, a blog, a podcast, a free editing resource for you creatives. You sound like you hate. I just don't like reading things that are just rehearsed. Um, my current obsession is nitro cold brew with a splash of almond milk and a one pump of vanilla. And across from me is Lisa Brasseur. Did you just steal my current obsession? No, I no joke. I just saw that, and that's been my obsession. I've had five this week, which is a waste of money, but I don't regret it. Hi, I'm Lisa, and I hate hypocrites and people who steal. Wait, <laughs> that, how is that hypocritical? I don't know. We've been talking about I'm hypocrites. like judging you for getting Starbucks, <laughs> and then I say it's my obsession. No, that didn't happen. After we're talking about ethics for like 10 minutes, and we're like, we love Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that they're ethical or not ethical. Yeah, I was I, like, I'm not, I don't think I'm not they're judging. Not, are they not I mean, ethical? I mean, they use milk. They they you know just random milk from oh anywhere. So oh my gosh, if we're does talking that about mean ethics. People are unethical. But I'm not getting into this black hole. Hi guys, <laughs> I'm Lisa Brosser. I'm also a creative. I'm a mom. I'm a wife, and my current <laughs> obsession. And I thought of this first is cinnamon milche lattes actually just coffee in general Mm -hmm. i haven't been wanting coffee and then all of a sudden maybe two weeks ago i'm obsessed with coffee all of a sudden again like serious cravings for coffee Mm. and then i'm like oh i'm gonna treat myself i was driving to portland and it was kind of late and i was still gonna be up for a while and I'm like, okay, what do I really want? I'm trying to check my sugar intake. Just not that I don't eat sugar at all. It's just that I spend it wisely, if you may. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get... This is going to sound so white girl. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going to get a short, non-fat... Short? Yes. Isn't it tall? It's their smallest grande? size. No, it's tall. No. Short is their smallest size. Yeah. And um, This is the smallest size and this is a tall. No. There's but one smaller than a tall. Mm-hmm. So that's 12 ounces. Their short is 8 ounces. Because oh. I don't like that much milk. And so I get a non-fat. Because it's unethical. Um, well, I still get milk. I just don't like any other milk in it unless it's oat milk. And if I have syrup or any sort of sugar in my drink, then I think it's just too much. Yeah, I agree. I usually get like half a pump of something just to yeah. just to like break it up a little bit. Yeah. So maybe I'll try that. But here's my paragraph. Mm-hmm. I get a short cinnamon dolce latte mm-hmm. um, and it's non-fat, only one pump of sugar-free of their syrup that they use, mm-hmm. but I still get whip. You, the fact that you said whip. Were you wearing UGG boots and Victoria's Secret <laughs> leggings while you I'm were wearing ordering leggings this? right now? I'm disgusting. <laughs> no, it's a Victoria's Secret. Does it say pink bedazzled on your butt? Do you want me to show you <laughs> your butt? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds good. Just my butt, not even my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
this took a weird turn <laughs> oh um, no that's not what we're talking about <laughs> wrong podcast <laughs> um i've never had a cinnamon dolce latte before oh they're very good well i especially like them because they're cinnamon dolce latte and they're vanilla both their uh lattes of that realm don't have as much sugar as all of their other drinks mm. and and it still tastes sweet which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, I really, really like Starbucks vanilla. It's some. Mm-hmm. It's like my favorite. Me too. It's my favorite vanilla from anywhere I've ever gone. I don't know what it is. Like usually when I get, it's like even one pump, and I'm like, oh, this is like the perfect people. Okay, let me just say something really quick. Okay, it's like if you go to Starbucks or Dutch Bros or wherever, and you just want a freaking drink. The coffee culture judges you and go, you don't like good coffee. I'm like, no, actually I do. I worked at a really good coffee shop. I like a French press and a pour over and all your crap. But that doesn't mean I don't like to just go to Starbucks and get a freaking cup of coffee. So get off my back. I know. I actually really appreciate their blonde roast. And I know someone in the world just gagged. But I don't think it's that bad for a black coffee. It's just that the only reason I'm going to Starbucks is for a latte. And I only drink lattes with sugar in it some sort of it's either black or it's a vanilla latte there's really no in between for me yeah and every single day i drink a black coffee yeah and it's almost always case coffee you should definitely get into case coffee they are located at actually i don't know their locations (laughs) (laughs) so shout out yeah um no but case coffee is actually the best and i drink that probably every day and i'm annoyingly now a coffee snob i don't know how it happened probably because i drink case coffee every single day now but (laughs) i do appreciate when i finally get a craving for a sweet coffee i'm like i'm gonna treat myself i'm gonna pay 15 dollars for a short drink (laughs) yeah i just i don't um i have a huge issue with the stigma of um just because you like something popular means that you aren't trendy or you don't have good taste like Mm -hmm. when I tell people I really like Taylor Swift all of a sudden they put me in a box and I'm like no but I actually like really obscure indie music too if that (laughs) makes you feel better about how trendy I am and it's I I think that with everything and it's just it's really annoying to me like I like what I like you know and if it's a nitro cold brew which by the way is the best nitro I've had from any coffee shop I've ever gone to and that's why I go there and I don't care who's listening who thinks that's stupid it's just true so I feel better now so now we're gonna take some (laughs) breathing lessons um in (laughs) I'm just saying okay whatever should we do the silver lining of the week now Yeah. Okay, do you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, I keep turning away from the microphone. It's really unprofessional. Um, so my silver lining is kind of random, um, but I was realizing that what you when we do these once a week, it's kind of hard to think of them because I have they do the same thing every single day. Um, anyway, so I am working on... It doesn't really matter the context and it's confusing, but I'm working with this person to help them with something and they wanted me to write like a business plan and they asked me like, have you ever written a business plan? And I'm like, no, I haven't. And he's like, okay, well, here's an outline of it. And I was really nervous and I wanted to get it back to him really quick. And he's like a very high up entrepreneur, like very high up and very successful. 
and um, I was really nervous about it and I was doubting myself and then I just like did it and followed my gut and um, then he wrote back and he was like that's terrific and for him to say that I was like terrific so I feel good about that especially because I've never taken any like types of business classes or anything so that's it everyone that's really good yeah that's you can go now um yeah well i guess i have one i guess i have a silver lining that's on point with what we're going through which is not anything current but um we're gonna be talking you're gonna see we talked with arturo about i thought you're talking to me what were you talking to her about um just about the difficulty of growing up a little bit different from everyone else but um what me and arturo have in common is that we're first generation americans and our parents escaped for us to have freedom in america and so um, I guess like a really big thing for me is just thinking about how how sometimes I get really emotional just thinking about how difficult my parents had their lives in Romania and everything that they had to go through, especially because I, I love asking them questions and it's always hear, hard hearing their answers, but at the same time, just hearing the pride in their voice, knowing that they're in America and it was a no-brainer to come here is also just so beautiful in the fact that they got exactly what they wanted Mm -hmm. and they fought for what they needed and so I guess that's the silver lining Mm -hmm. of today's episode more than of the week it's something that I I have to say I think about this almost every single day just how lucky I am to be in America and to have the freedom that I have And I think that's something that we just take for granted way too much. Mm -hmm. But I think that's just coming from the fact that my my firsthand family, I mean, thinking of my parents who I love so much, went through so much. And so I'm really grateful that I I get to make them proud in just living the American dream. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I don't know how that feels. Um. But it's really, it's really cool. And we talk about this a lot in this episode. Um, but it's cool getting to know people um, that have opened my eyes um, to my ignorance. Um, and I think just understanding that it's important to have grace for yourself too. Because being ignorant isn't always like our fault. Because totally. we just didn't, I was just going to you know, tell you that. Yeah. And it's like, because I didn't grow up that way. So how am I supposed to know? Mm-hmm. You know, you live in your own universe. And, um, it is really uh, encouraging to talk to people like you and Arturo and just be like, uh, in a good way, puts me in my place and helps me recognize how grateful I should be and I shouldn't take for granted. And like, yeah, we go through frustrating and annoying things, but we're lucky to be annoyed. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm annoyed about stuff with my own career. Like, I'm lucky I can have my own job. I'm lucky I can go to church every week, you know, and all that stuff. So it's 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 good it's exciting it helps in the in the bigger picture of life because i i mean i i say oh every single day i just think about how awesome it is to have freedom and that's not because i'm perfect or anything like that it's because i will get annoyed about the smallest things like the fact that we don't have 
like an ace a built-in ac or heating in our house when we still have great ac and heating we just have to physically put it in ourselves and pay money for it to get it installed which is so much money anyways that's another tangent (laughs) but see like i can't work myself up over the smallest things or fixing this thing in my house or oh like this remodeling process is gonna take forever and i'm like wait hold on I was able to buy a house. I have the freedom to buy a house. Mm -hmm. Or even the fact that you have the freedom to build your own business. Yeah. Like you have access to that. Like communism, you're not even allowed to own a business. That's that's by the government. Yeah, it's so crazy. So nuts. So it just helps you with the bigger picture and just realizing like, okay, this is valid. What I'm feeling is valid. But bigger picture, it's all going to be okay. Totally. And I think, you know, on another side of it, I so I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about um, the scripture in Matthew about not worrying about the birds of the air. Mm-hmm. And, the lizards, and that's like what my tattoo is that I absolutely hate, by the way. Um, but that's why I got it. And they were talking about how, you know, Jesus really tells us like, don't worry about these things like I've clothed the the lilies why are you worrying but then what was really cool was the the narrators or the hosts of the podcast were like but you have to give yourself grace and know that Jesus didn't live in 21st century America Mm -hmm. and he was talking to the people back then that you know they were living their life and we're living ours so everything has to be taken in context and I just I got so much from that I'm like we really don't give like people that's a first world problem and it's like yeah it is because i grew up in a first world place and i don't know Mm -hmm. what it's like to not live here and it doesn't mean it's not a problem and it does yeah and it doesn't mean that i'm not allowed to be annoyed about this specific thing but it is also really good to open your eyes and open your mind to the people around you um and like open your heart to like differences you know around you like you and arturo and everything so yeah i mean it's even in the same way that although my parents went through all of that, they haven't, they don't understand a lot of the big things or even some of the small things that I've gone through, like my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. My parents said, well, but you're beautiful. And I go, yeah, but I don't think that. Right. And so for them, it was a completely different aspect of thinking just because they've only had to think of the immediate, the how am I going to get food to my children? Totally. When am I going to be able to see my husband again? Where I am so comfortable, but I still have issues um, thinking about the little things like my heating. Yeah. <laughs> and I see that as something that I can still be grateful that I guess I can be annoyed by those little things. And yeah. so it's something that I laugh at now. Not my eating disorder. Definitely not. <laughs> But the fact that whenever I see myself worked up over something simple, I try to calm myself down or even just catch myself before I get into those thoughts. And but that's such a process. It is. So you do have to give yourself grace. Yeah, because I was going to say one thing that because, you know, Arthur and I have been together for forever. And um, one of the biggest things when we first started dating was me being like, you have to let me be frustrated and annoyed at Mm -hmm. what my immediate problems are because for him in a very similar way like he was raised with I fed you dinner tonight and this is good you know and for him being (laughs) like you could have so much you're so blessed I'm like yeah you're right you know you should be so grateful yeah I know but that doesn't mean I'm not annoyed that 
my new backpack I just paid for broke. Like I'm allowed to be annoyed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a stupid example. But um, yeah, it's, it, that was such a huge learning curve in our relationship for me to be like, I do not want to hear one more time that I am so blessed to be here because you're right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I don't know. No, that's so good. Yeah. I'm so excited for this week's episode. It's, I know. It's Arturo. I mean, it's so sweet because right when Arturo left, she goes, I love that because, well, maybe she didn't use the word love. We just <laughs> talked about how sometimes it can be meaningless. She was just like, it's really cool having him. It was, it was really cool having him on because we were, I was almost able to reappreciate him again. Not that she doesn't appreciate him, but able to see all of the cool things that she does love him for all mm-hmm. over again yeah just just is the, that right i don't know if i yeah I no got that's that. exactly right i just seeing the wisdom and like the strength within within him is really cool just like as a person like mm-hmm. if i'm even to remove myself like as his girlfriend just being like oh you're like a really cool person like if i was yeah, listening exactly. i'd be like wow you've overcome a lot you know um and like that is what we dive into a lot in this conversation is a lot about racism and we talk about a lot of stuff that I think really needs to be talked about. And I can't believe there's not more podcasts on these things. Um, so I'm just really, yeah, I'm grateful he took the time to talk and be so open about like his story and stuff. And I hope everyone listening gets a lot out of that as well. So he has a lot of wisdom. So I absolutely think, yeah, think you will. Yeah, I agree. Well, shall we get to it? Let's get to it, you guys. Okay. Arturo Mendez is the owner of Two Things Film Productions, a video marketing business located in Southern Oregon. Arturo started his business two and a half years ago and is now thriving in his industry where he helps businesses solve their problems through strategic video tactics. Not only is Arturo the longtime boyfriend of me, hi, it's Olivia, he is my business partner and helps create all of the content you see on our podcast page and my personal blog. On today's episode, we dive deep into what it meant for Arturo to be first-generation American and how he navigated his childhood with two undocumented parents, being raised by a single mom, and learning what it means to never take anything for granted. Arturo talks all about his experiences with racism and stereotyping and how it has affected him throughout his life. We are so excited to have Arturo on the show, and well, let's shake things up, shall we? Well, schnookums. Welcome to the show. I really hope you guys don't talk to each other like that. I've never we said don't. that in my life because that's disgusting. I don't believe it. We but don't call each other names. One time Arturo called me baby and I literally said, you have to leave. I'm breaking up with you. Well, I did it as a joke and, it, I, oh, and I continually ooh. do it You do it right now. Do it right now. Try and do it serious. Hey, baby, can oh. you go? Oh. oh. Baby is, is kind of really intense. I call like my friends like baby girl and stuff like that, but... I call my friends baby girl. I feel like... <laughs> Wow, that was like so loud. I feel like babe is fine unless it's overused because I hear a lot of people just like babe, babe this, babe that, babe, babe, babe. And I'm like, oh well, my the gosh. Thing is, I have like a negative correlation with that. Well, good uh, from Hot Rod. Oh, Noise. yeah. Babe, wait, babe, 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 babe. wait. Yeah. yeah, that's the best. That's the only thing I can think of when I hear babe. Yeah, I, I cannot relate. Do you use? You guys a- can use ours. 
What do you guys? I like it, Babels. 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 That is cute. I like it because also it's my favorite album of all time. Is Babel? Babel. From yeah. Babel yeah. Sons. Okay. Oh, see, Babel. It no, is. remember? Babel. It's remember, Babel. It is Babel. So everyone corrects us and says Babel, but on the album he goes, Babel, Babel, look at oh. me now. But he's also English. But I'm like, but that's fine because that's the way you say it because you yeah. hear it all the time. That's And I never knew that. Well, you were the one that pointed it out. I was like, out. oh, now you can tell people. He literally says Babel oh, in the song. How does he spell it? It's B-A-B-E-L. It's about it's talking about oh, the yeah, Tower Babel. of Babel. I guess. But when you say Tower of Babel, you say Tower of Babel. You don't say Tower yeah. of Babel. But I've always Babel said Tower of Babel. Hmm? I've always said... Wait, what did you just say? I'm pretty sure that Babel is B-A-B-L-E. Mm, the Tower of Babel is B-A-B-E-L. Oh. Is Babel, Babel a word? Babel. Babel. Oh, I think oh, that's two Babel. Bs. Oh, B-A-B-B-L. Yeah, okay. that's oh two Bs. Oh my gosh, Bs. I don't know what's happening. I'm confused. Anyway, <laughs> we don't have pet names for each other, but unfortunately we have branched into calling each other kitten, which is kind of gross. I know. It, it, it. <laughs> Excuse me while I throw up in my mouth. No, I only, call him, I only call him Artie. When have you yeah. ever heard us like be mushy to each other? I've heard him call you babe. Never. In I've six years, he has never mind. called me babe. I've ne- Are you sure? That would 100%. make me grow up. There was something, and I'm like, oh, probably kitten. Probably no, no. No, it was something. He doesn't even call me live. Like I ask people to call me live, and he won't even. Wait, you've never asked me that. I stopped asking because nobody would do it. Oh, there's so many times that I've almost called you live. Oh, I'd like that. And I stopped myself. Oh, okay. live or Livy. I only have one friend who calls me Livy, but Livy, that's mm-hmm. so cute. I know one friend does it, and everyone else calls me live. Like my really, really good. Except friends. my brother, he calls you Olive. Yeah, and I absolutely despise that. And hey, if anyone Olive. does that, I don't like that. I've never liked it. Oh, it's so gross. I'm sorry me. to broadcast that to the world. Yeah, thank you so much. Anyway, um, for those of you who are still listening, um, <laughs> uh, uh, across from me is Arturo uh, Mendez. Thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. As most of you guys know, he is uh, my significant other Sign- i was about to okay. say i was like boyfriend i don't like i almost said man friend but i feel like oh. that sounded weird so significant other is better um i like kitten let's just go with that yeah kitten <laughs> he's my kitten oh now i don't know if i like that anyway um thank you for being on the show yes thank you for having me uh can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do yeah um so I grew up in Medford, Oregon. Been here my whole life. I uh, have I built a lot of my relationships here, and all of my friends, a portion of them are still here. I didn't really have a ton of relationships, so it's not like I a lot of my friends moved away or anything. But yeah, they're all here, and I grew up with my mom and um, a brother, a younger brother who left the Marines, and he's officially back. And yeah, that's a, that's just a little quick summary of myself. Well, what do you do? Um, for a career? Yeah. No, no, just as every um, day. I, I guess I would title myself as a as a filmmaker. I, I yeah. <laughs> you can brag a little bit. I'm asking uh-huh. you to. Oh, um, so I do video marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like a, I guess a slightly different approach, and it's been. I guess really fun for me to really feel like a servant because that's the way I see what I do Um, and you know I think that for a long time I never knew that I would make a living from what I'm doing now but I think it was just that constant um, you know I guess 
me just loving helping people and wanting to help people that just kind of put me where I am now and so I think that um, yeah where I'm at now is essentially um, I, I create videos for people with a purpose and um, that purpose has to drive some kind of um, real world asset and yeah that's I, I mean that's just like a really quick summary of, of what I would do mm -hmm. um, it's just video marketing what do you mean by servant so I, the biggest thing I think and the only reason I believe this is because it's currently working I wouldn't think what I think now if if I was like working a normal job or something and not doing this full time but a huge part of my industry is just people trying to make a name for themselves mm -hmm. and trying to like get big and be the best and you know like check out my work when in reality you know when we work with people our hearts should be in in making you know things work for the people we're working for and bring to fruition their ideas and build relationships for them create awareness for them you know save them time whatever they need I am here to do that and I will go out of my my way to over deliver on any expectations mm -hmm. that they have and so creating a video is cool but it's almost like so what like tell me what you need um, and tell me where you want to be and I will use my strengths to serve you in the best way that I can so that we can we can get you there and just really catering to the, my relationship with each one of these you know people um, and relationships too I mean I don't want to look at them as clients I want to look at them as you know essentially like long-term relationships in a way where it's like I just always want to be in connection with them and make sure that I'm nurturing them the way that I can I guess and serving them however I can because I mean especially a portion of the clients come from a background where they already worked with someone who did video but they're so uneducated in what it means to be served by them and people just show up and try to make something cool to put their name on right mm -hmm. and then they'll like they'll like for me even one thing is like I won't plaster you know my name on a video made by Arturo Mendez or two things film like I don't care about that I the purpose right now isn't for me to get clients. The purpose for, for me right now is to help them get clients. So that's just, uh, I guess, a more um, mm -hmm. uh, detailed, if that makes sense. How old are you? Uh, 26. And how old, how old were you when you started Two Things? Um, two Things officially, like two, I mean, two and a half years ago. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, but I've been doing video you know my whole life and and not only just video but i think what's funny is serving people i think that's one way to put it because um like m my family we we were raised essentially just by my mom um but i still had small connections with my dad and he actually taught me and same with my mom they taught me a lot of ways to sell because that was just how we had to survive because especially them themselves they couldn't really get uh, jobs that are considered like practical and so I kind of had to learn to sell 
ideas or something different um, aside from a practical job. So I think that even now it kind of has helped me combine that with what I'm doing now. Um, so the idea itself, I just kind of have always loved, you know, helping people. But I think, yeah, just my business is just two and a half years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's all about creating value. Like today we were talking because we had a meeting. Because um, for those of you that don't know, I work with Arturo as well with two things. And um, we were just talking about like how every single client needs something different because every single client is... Um, is different and it's about providing value for people it's not about like you were saying just making a video or taking photos because Arturo takes my photos too and um the videos you guys you guys see on our podcast page Arturo does those and um it's just I feel like it's about being detail oriented so it's not as easy as saying oh I do video marketing um it's just about being like uh like seeing these people's emotions and then translating that to video because even these women that we were talking to earlier like our last meeting with them like they just started crying and we're like what's wrong and they're like you're the first person who's done like work for us that um what what did they say they're the first person that has done work for us that makes them feel like we're really listening to them and like um provoke what what were they saying like evoking emotion like we got what their business was all about um and translating that to video a lot of people don't do that like they they just slap on their logo and they you know all of that stuff right so um yeah they they were actually kind of was funny as they had asked me a question and what pretty much what they were wondering is like what the purpose behind doing video for them would do and I think they were expecting such a different answer than what I gave them. Uh, but I guess to, ju- to just kind of like summarize it, essentially what, what was going on is they were telling me that they just want people to understand their message and they don't care if they sell anything. They just want people to know how much they care about people. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what I, what I told them is, well, that's my goal. And one thing they said was well we we just we're kind of uh we're kind of excited because it sounds like you want to do a good job for us um for for us and for me that wasn't the case for me i said well i want to do a good job for you because if i don't do a good job for you that's going to look bad on me too Mm. and um, yeah, and then even today, we kind of follow it up with them, and it was really cool because they were, they were like, well, they were saying something along the lines of, well, your guys' process is so interesting, and they're like, the fact that we haven't even started shooting yet, and we're still getting to know each other. Like, it's very slow and yeah. detail-oriented. And it's like, if I, don't, if I don't learn who you are, and I don't build those relationships with you, how am I going to ever get it to get to a point where I can open, where you can, where I can get you to that vulnerability um, to open up and tell me the story that you need to tell for people to understand your message. Like, I'm not just going to show up the next day and be like, all right, let's shoot. Like, mm-hmm. um, let, let's tell me about your business. Like, so what? You know, they tell me their story, but there's no emotion there because they're talking to someone they don't even know. Mm-hmm. And that's me. That, that, you know, so I, we have to get to a place where people, um, can have those relationships with me you know because if i can't get there and they want their ideal client to get there 
then I'm not going to be educated on, on how to get them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's kind of a lot. I'm, I'm trying to describe this in the quickest way I can because I know we're... No, but it makes sense because I think it's really easy, especially in this day and age. There's so many creators um, and it's just really easy to be like, I make videos. And it's like, well, no, that's not what you do. That's not what you, I do. You build yeah. relationships and you make you do make videos but they're in a reflection of who those people are and you've taught me a lot even within my business like even just oh i just take photos and it's like well no like how can you evoke emotion from these photos how can you include people with these photos it's like people don't get that you can provide value from things that you would never think that you could provide value from right well i think what it comes down to is just problem solving like why do you even need a video like, are we trying to fix a problem? Because mm-hmm. if we're not fixing a problem, you're just wasting your money right now. Interesting. You handing me $5,000 for a cool, a quote unquote cool video is not going to do anything for your business. But if you tell me that, hey, look, we're spending, you know, an hour and a half a day consulting with clients and then only, you know, a third of those are actually booking with us. Well, let me help you create a video that can self consult these people and it. And it gets you the clients who are ready for this, right? Like, let's fix a problem. Let's not just make a cool video. Like, it it doesn't matter. So, Mm -hmm. for me, it's about problem solving. And if I'm not fixing a problem with the videos that I'm making, then it's worth nothing to anyone. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I see it, you know, so... Yeah, and I think um, you were talking earlier about the way you grew up, and I think a lot of that was instilled in you because of like how hard of a worker your mom was because she had to be, and I think she also instilled in you the idea of providing value for people. Like, um, you don't take things for granted, and I think a lot of us do because we don't have those experiences. Um, like, I didn't realize how hard it is for people (laughs) until I met you, you know? So it's like, if you're born into a certain circumstance, then that's like your life. But for me, I didn't know that like people lived the way that you did. Just ignorant, I guess is the word, you know, unknowingly ignorant. Um, But I think that that translates a lot into your work ethic too, because you're just a good person. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, thank you. So tell us more about that exactly um how did you grow up you were talking about your mom uh was she a single mom yeah so uh it was weird because i was kind of at that age where i was like six years old that's when my family like first split up my mom and my dad and so i just remember very briefly him go come like coming and going and it was i think it happened a few times um and that was all fine um, you know, I think I was really blessed to not have a lot of those memories, but I, te- mm-hmm. I definitely have built up kind of this, uh, like, block um, for, like, relationships. And especially, I think it, it's a, it's bad because especially relationships where I feel like something's starting to happen, I, like, will tend to put up a wall because I don't like being hurt. So um, I think that's when it started was with, with my mom. And... Um, right now it's like there's very few people in my life even olivia knows this but like saying the word love is so hard for me and i don't know why Mm -hmm. but um and it's weird because it's like you can just look at me and be like well just say it just say you love me just say or whatever but it's actually really difficult and i don't know why and it makes it so easy to understand why other people have difficulties with the things that they do because i can look at other people and be like um why don't you just do that like it's easy look just take a step but 
I don't understand their perspective. And so me having a hard time saying the word love, uh, it's a, it, it kind of opens my mind to not be so insensitive with things like that. Um, but anyway, yeah. I think that can be a beautiful thing, though, too, because, you know, you've only ever I've only ever heard you say I love you to your mom and your brother and then maybe a couple friends. Um, and then, like, we didn't tell each other we loved each other for seven months, which was like a really long time for a lot of people. Um, but I think it's cool that you don't just look at some cookies and say, I love those cookies. And then you look at me and you say, I love you, you know, because the word the word love is um yeah, it's just a really deep thing, but... Sure, and I don't even care what it is. Like, the word love can be defined in any way by anyone. I think the, the thing for me is I want people to, to who do know me understand the levity of the words that I use. You know, it's the same way with, like, cussing. Like, I don't care if you cuss. I You know what? There's going to be a day... I don't cuss right now, but that the point of that is... If there's ever a day that I have to cuss, people are going to get the point. Mm. Oh, Arturo's cussing. He's serious. That'd be so scary. That's <laughs> right. And that's why I don't cuss because I'm yeah. like, these words are, they're really powerful words. And if I just use them flippantly, then people aren't going to take me seriously when I really do mean it. And so there's nothing, words are all, I think they're subjective to each person, like how much they use them, the way they use them. Because even saying, even the word like, you know, is not that powerful inherently. But if you know someone who says, I hate everything, and then you hear them say, I like this, you're like, wow, that's really powerful. Mm. So it's really specific to each person. So why do you think the word love was hard for you growing up then? Is it because your dad would say it to your mom, but he obviously didn't really mean it? Right, or? so I think I, I grew up in a, in a home where I heard the word used so often that essentially the, the, the meaning of it was not only skewed but it was like desensitized in my head mm. and so i i think i took it upon myself to like make up for it and i took it so severely the other way the opposite way and i don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing but i think that um for me growing up it was just like all right do the opposite of what he's doing what that guy's doing you know mm. don't don't do what he's doing you know uh, yeah maybe i didn't have a good uh example of what a father was but it, it was weird because I was kind of always led to be to just kind of do the opposite you know it's like well if that's not good then what is good the opposite you which know, worked in your favor exactly yeah it's not <laughs> yeah. difficult to understand so well I don't think so I think that's wise if anything um because especially at a young age just understanding that and thinking oh I don't want to be like that <clears throat> and then carrying that on later in your life. I think it's good because I think it's in the same way that I don't like it when people ask how I'm doing and they don't mean it, especially because I will answer truthfully. <laughs> and it's so funny because even today when you ask me, how are you? It's, it's a normal thing. And I noticed I took a pause then answered because I'm always trying to be intentional with what I say. And I think that it's because it's supposed to mean something and I don't ever want to use words without true meaning behind it. And I think that is kind of what you're saying. Um, and I think that just comes with wisdom. And I think that desensitizing yourself to words or not just using anything flippantly. Like anytime I use a word, I, I, I catch myself 
sometimes I say like too much and that really bothers myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's weird because I, I open up to Olivia a lot about this, but sometimes, oh, which really quick, shout out to Danny. He called me this morning and he said he listened to your guys' podcast. The one with Renee? Yeah, with Renee. He mm. said it was so awesome. Oh, that's yeah, good. He said that's he so loved, sweet. He said, I was hoping Olivia was with you so I could talk to her. Oh, but wait, that's... Anyway. Well, see, and you know wow. what's interesting about that is, like, Danny does not... <laughs> Hi, Danny, if you're listening. Danny does not give compliments unless he means them. So a compliment coming Whoa. from him yeah. is really intentional. Right. See, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah. what made me think of it. I yeah. love that. That's right. really cool. <laughs> Me using the word unintentional. <laughs> no, I, I truly. I like I, love that like, so much. That's one of my things. I, I always say I love that, but I do mean that. I think like that's what I mean. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Right. Well, even all this that we're we're speaking about, like um, in a way, someone just died in the other room. <laughs> someone <laughs> fell off. Fell dramatically. <laughs> um, but I think all of this comes back to serving. You know, right? Like, people, I opened up about this with Olivia. People are really taken back by the way that I act. And I'm just acting normal. I'm not doing anything special. And But it's, it's not normal to most people. Which is weird. Because when someone, there was, there's this one that I remember. Um, this was like a few weeks ago. And he, he asked me you know how I was doing and I told him and I said how are you doing and he said oh you know I'm good and I was like oh, okay and I start walking away and he started talking again and I and I walked back and I said sorry what was that and he goes why did you do that and I said why did I do what and he goes why did you come back I he said you you could have just kept going I didn't mean to keep talking and I said well because you're talking and he goes but that's weird that you came back and I'm like, no, it's not. You're like, it's that's weird no- that you think that that's weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so little mannerisms like that is really weird to understand. Like, why did he think that? Um, and I mean, I guess if, to bring it all back, the way that I was raised, mm. it was, I would say it's normal. It was, There was nothing special about it, I think. Um, it was more of a survival kind of thing. Like, this is the way that... Um, you're, we're meant to survive is like together, you know, to understand each other, understand each other's language, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's, it is interesting because, which I listened to the last podcast. I say interesting so much. I do think this is interesting. Oh my gosh. I don't know what else to say. Um, but I was. I find it fascinating. I find it so fascinating. You know, that's worse. Um, I, when hearing about your story growing up, and thinking about how, you know, like my reality is my reality, so it seems normal, and your reality is yours, so it seems normal, and Lisa's, you know, whatever. And we exist in our own little bubbles. Um, but then it's like when you tell your story to other people and they go, oh, wow, that's really hard. And you're like, huh. And you just like really start to think about it. You're like, is that hard? That was just the way I grew up. But it's like for you going through so much at such a young age, it's like, I truly believe, you know, God works everything for the good. And like, though you went through those times, I don't think you would be like the man you are today because yeah, you grew up really quick and you became the man of the house at six years old. But I don't think that you would be doing what you're doing now or treat your brother the way you treat him or treat me the way you treat me if that didn't happen. So even though that was terrible and I'm not saying, you know, oh, that was great that your dad left, but I'm saying like, it's cool that you took that and you're like, I'm going to be a better person. I'm not going to be like 
you know, my right. dad or whatever. Well, and one thing with that is I've I've tried to keep an open mind with everyone's relationship or with the relationships I do have, where even if people, you know, on, from the surface sound like they had a great family life, like that doesn't mean they didn't deal with crappy stuff too. And even if I said, well, that's not as bad as what I went through, well, it doesn't matter because the feelings they have are still the same. Sad is sad, mm-hmm. right? It, right. There's, and then the severity of sad, all right, yeah, we can play with that a little bit. But someone can, you know, just like a, a little kid throws a tantrum and cries the same way an adult who just lost his arm does. It's like those feelings are still equally the same. And I know they're very different, um, but I think I, I did that for a, perp- for a reason. It's just to show that, you know, we, we know those feelings. Like we can say, I get it, you know, in a way mm-hmm. that we can relate with. I think that's why questions are good and not having preconceived notions. But and I think that's something I really enjoy about you is your presence is so different because you're so intentional. And I don't think that's normal because you ask questions and they're really good questions. It's almost like you're not afraid of asking questions, which I think needs to be done more in society. Mm. That's crazy. Uh, Yeah, because it's, I see people who have these, well, I think social media is a a good example of this. People are like, they're fighting for some kind of, you know, social awareness or something. They're like, because it's not out in the public and no one talks about it. And it's like, why? That's not anyone's fault, but our own, you know, we're fighting for these movements when it's like, well, the, the only way to, to kind of even bring awareness to these things is just to kind of talk about them, right? Mm-hmm. And so it starts with people, like each individual person. Like we're each humans. And to me, it's weird to think about it. But everyone kind of makes a mess about a problem when it's just each person individually. Like mm-hmm. this can be fixed so easy. If, well, you know. Well, sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to say, I, I feel like it's not even just that you're so intentional, but it's that you're not afraid of the answer. Like yes. if you oh, ask, so you know, somebody like Lisa, how are you? And she's, I'm, I'm sick. I don't feel good. Like you're not afraid to be like, oh, can I like do something for, or can we talk about that? Like you're really, really good at receiving what other people are saying because you actually care. And I think the biggest issue is that people don't actually care how you are. If I just walk into a room and ask somebody, hey, how are you? And then they go, da, 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 da. If I don't care about them, I'm not going to sit down and I'm not going to talk to them about how they're feeling. Right. Well, and that's like, I like hearing that because I don't know, like I'm a human and the way I act is because of the way I was raised. I don't know if it's right or wrong, you know. Mm. That's why I like to listen to people because if they tell me, hey, you're not supposed to be doing this this or acting this way, you're not supposed to ask those kinds of questions. I want people to tell me that, which that hasn't happened yet. And I'm happy it hasn't, you know. Um, and um, but I, I'm so open to people telling me stuff like that because I know the way I'm doing it is not the right way there's no right way of of living or speaking but i do know that one thing specific specifically is for me survival did 
did kind of count on me uh, decoding like people's languages, like understanding what people mean when they say, man, I really, you know, hate myself today. Well, if I hear my mom or if I hear my mom crying, like, is she crying because she's happy or because she's sad or because she wants me there or because she doesn't want me there? Like really understanding each and every one of those things, I think is is so important in, I guess, communication. Mm-hmm. Which this is something that I wonder because I think I'm a lot like that too. And I don't know if that's just personality wise or if that does come with our cultures and so i want to hear more about your first generation american correct yeah um your parents came from mexico yeah so i want to hear more about that and how that shaped you growing up right so uh that's actually really simple to to answer um and i think it's because lately i feel like people have been asking more about it uh but yeah when when my parents came here they were both illegal and so, uh, like I was saying before, they, there was no traditional job for them because they weren't legal. They couldn't just go apply for a job because they didn't have a social security number or anything like that. So the kinds of jobs they had to work were jobs that they had to figure out themselves and go, okay, what's a problem that needs to be fixed that, you know, obviously they need to figure out how to make money with where, you know, yeah essentially do it the, the wrong way you know it's not the right way but again it, it comes down to kind of decoding why they did it that way and it's because they didn't know better right and so and also because they didn't want to get kicked out you know so um, but it's the wrong way to get to the right way yeah I mean definitely I mean I'm not gonna sit back and act like I'm not happy that they jump they didn't jump the border right it's like I'm happy my mom did because I don't know what situation I would be in right mm. now and so can, it's, can you elaborate a little bit on why your mom did come here just so people can have more context um yeah so i, I mean her life was it was it was interesting in the way that it was something that i'm happy i never had to deal with and even just normal everyday things like she walked five miles to school in her bare feet in the sun um, like the her, joke that all people say, right? That it didn't actually happen, but it did. But right. worse, yeah. And it's like, yeah, her feet would be bleeding at the end of the day, and her, she had literally like an inch callus on the bottom of her feet, which is awesome for her because you know now she can like run anywhere, but you know, terrible <laughs> at the time. Or things like you know here in the U.S., uh, someone saying, "Oh yeah, you know I've had like six boyfriends, and this is the one." Well, for my mom, she's had six boyfriends because the first five were murdered or killed, you know, in, in, a, in a drive-by shooting or in some kind of place. It's not because, you know, uh, freaking Jose made terrible tacos. It was because he got stabbed, you know. So, you know, it <laughs> Only is Only you're allowed to say something. I should not be <laughs> laughing at this. It is a little insensitive. Well, the thing is, the way I'm saying it is a little insensitive, but it's mostly just to kind of get the, the point yeah. across, like her life was not good in Mexico you know it's it was terrible and I mean you look at just like death rates you know or homicide rates across the world and like Honduras and just Mexico just pretty much the Spanish culture down there is it's terrible or Latin America I guess it's terrible with violence and so she she fled that essentially she didn't she knew she wanted to have well she didn't even know 
that she intentionally wanted to have a family. She just wanted to escape mm. um, the violence and everything bad. She just wanted a better uh, living mm-hmm. you know, space, something mm-hmm. where she could thrive. Because, you know, she heard a ton about the U.S., you know. There's so much opportunity there. There's so much you can do there. The freedoms that you have. And to her, you know, that sounded like a gold mine. So, yeah. It's really crazy because if we're just being real and the ignorant part of me wasn't intentionally ignorant, but I do know that I grew up in a suburban home in Oregon. And when I started dating you, I think I had again just being real i had preconceived notions about people who came here or illegally or what you say undocumented you know um and i didn't understand it because i wasn't informed on it and so it's been really cool just getting to know you no matter um like what political standpoint people are on right just knowing like if your mom didn't come here i wouldn't have you and if your mom didn't come here she probably she there's a possibility she wouldn't be alive and if we're just on the standpoint of like human <laughs> like just being a human i just understood it to a new level because now it's personal and so for people listening if you don't truly understand a lot of things i mean it's hard to unless you're definitely like having that personal connection um but that has been such a rewarding part about being with you other than just being with you but just being able to understand like somebody else in the way that they grew up um just like in a new way you know right i think that it's a thing one thing about that is it's we kind of need to stop looking at things as right or wrong and when you look at things like black and white is so difficult because i i was raised that way to think that way like this is right this is wrong and i still live that way but every situation is so specific and i want to treat everything that i do that way because even them like jumping the border i can sit here and say that's illegal that's not right that's not good but then also if I treat the, the situation even more specific, I could say, I'm so happy they did mm-hmm. the illegal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so happy that they, they, you know, did whatever. And, you know, it's illegal and it's not right. And even the fact that they were good people here, you know, like they're not, you know, um, criminals or anything like that. And so... There, every situation I think needs to be treated a little differently mm-hmm. and and just like it's it's more precise but it's very difficult especially the in this kind of climate mm-hmm. um, that specific situation with immigration because immigration is so I mean even you Lisa right like you had your family they're immigrants yeah and so they did it the right way kind of kind of because yeah. technically my dad so my dad escaped from Romania into what was Yugoslavia and um, he had to do that illegally so it's like jumping the border from Mexico to America it really isn't that different except for the fact that um, um, there were camps ready for Romanians after a certain point but you can still get caught in Yugoslavia within like a 10 mile radius around the border 
And so, um, but other than that, it's really not different. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that because that it almost is the same thing. It's like, well, he was fleeing a terrible situation. Yeah. And it sucks because then I'm sure the country he fled to, they they put a bad name on like maybe where your family's from, right? What? Um, I don't know about that, okay. but um, I do know for some reason it was around like five to ten miles into Yugoslavia, there were still officers patrolling to take you back into Romania. But right outside of that, there was a certain city that you can get to um, that you are safe. And I, I don't even know what's... I really don't know specifics at all. He had... Um, he went in a group of ten men and one of them... Uh, actually as his job led people to cross the border and then he would leave them at the border of Romania so there is um the Dube River and so after right before they crossed the river he says this is what you're supposed to do and so you swim this river which is if you're in Oregon the size of like the Columbia from what I believe that's what my dad told me maybe he's over exaggerating (laughs) but um I don't think so because my dad's not like that and it's the middle of the night and he said it was like a full moon so you could still see and you have to watch out because it's every 20 minutes they can see you because that's they were counting and so they were they were checking patrolling and then to get to the other side anyways it's a long story but um he said that once they were even in the woods in yugoslavia like you still don't feel safe and so you still have to run for like you know five to ten miles into safety so yeah it is interesting hearing your story because comparatively my parents were running away from a different different type of persecution um they they didn't have freedom really in any way that they lived because romania was under the communism regime um and so for them it was more so for their their christianity and then um they couldn't get normal jobs because they were christians not good jobs and so a lot of what they had was taken away from them um but yeah, I mean, you can get sent to prison and you can definitely be hurt um, by the government more so than other people. And I think that's the difference between Mexico and um, communist Romania. Right. Yeah, that's it's crazy because you, you do tell me that story and it, it does sound very similar. Because, I mean, here's the thing. If if we wanted to go to Australia now, like we would have to apply for visas mm-hmm. and we'd because it's like overseas it's like it's not like we could just swim there jump aboard right which which is funny that kind of like leads me to my next point is is my mom literally like walked right through it she said she didn't even have to run away from anyone or anything she said she literally just like the fence she like walked right between the two bars literally like 30 feet from where the the entrance is where they check everyone she said it was she could literally see where cars were coming in and out and she just walked by and then walked into a minute market and then just made her way you know into the Whoa. u.s and 
She said it wasn't hard. She said it was really easy. Didn't she have to like pay somebody to? Yeah, what so are they? Coyotes. Coyotes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she paid a coyote like a lot of money, mm. and pretty much what they do is they just they just show you where to do it. Mm-hmm. They yeah, just take that's you. that's exactly what my dad had. Yeah. Paid a lot of money. Yeah, and even on top of that, it's crazy because. You know, people want to do it the right way. I mean, my mom's been looking over her shoulders for the for the past, you know, 21 years um, and making sure that no one's like on her, you know. And so she's trying to do everything as right as she can. And um, and that's the crazy thing about immigrants is or illegal immigrants is they they're even more. um careful with laws right Mm -hmm. they they try to follow the laws and it sucks because they don't even know them it's a guessing game they're like okay how do i do this i'm gonna just try to do what everyone else is doing but everyone else is legal so they're just kind of like you know (laughs) just doing whatever you know and and so um yeah so when when she finally got when she finally applied to be a, a resident um or sorry a citizen um, she it was funny because I had to drive ton, I mean we drove up to Portland because that's where the the um, the, the lawyer or n- no I, don't, I forget what it's called but it's the documentation center or something and I had to keep driving back forth from there I think we we would do it like three times a week for I don't know a month. Yeah, you did it for it, a while. You remember this was that. recent. This was in the last two years. Yeah, your parents was, became yeah. documented. Yeah, and it was funny because then we got to this point where they're like, "Oh, hey, your mom actually has an application in," and I was like, "Oh, great." They're like, "Do you just want to use this one? Because this one's actually ahead of of you guys just starting a new one." Wow. And I'm like, "Cool." So when so when did she apply? And they're like, "Okay, it was like 1986 or something like that." And I'm like, "Okay, so what step it is it in?" Like it's in the second step. I'm like, how many steps is there? It's like eight or nine. Okay, so if I apply for her right now, how long will it take? Mm, three to six months. Because you were twenty-one, right? Yeah, that's why you were able. Right. Yeah. What? So literally within three months, actually, it was so fast she got her her residency. Wow. Yeah, because she applied right when she came right, here. Right, which yeah. is a huge misconception. A lot of people are like, well, they need to do it the right way. Well, my mom had applied even ten years prior to even leaving, and and she hadn't heard anything. And then even 30 years later when we went to apply, it was like barely on the second step. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, she was she just never going to get it? Probably not. Right. And yeah. so, you know, I'm not saying, again, I'm not justifying what she did, but it's almost good. That it's she, like impossible. Right. Yeah. And so that's the biggest thing is if, you know, just kind of coming down to, to even border control. It's like, hey, you can put up the borders. You can make them... 70 feet high you can make them 100 feet high these people are running from death you think they're afraid of falling from a a border and dying no they're already gonna die anyway Mm -hmm. they don't care so it's like they're gonna do it anyway and um you know that's just kind of what sucks is like if you're for i mean i'm not even for illegal immigration i just want to see it reformed Yeah. yeah let's fix it let's like see it adjusted in a way where people can actually be catered to um, and then if they're good people, if they have good records in mm-hmm. Mexico or something, maybe that can move them along the process a little quicker. But as of now, legal immigration, unless you know someone, 
it's nearly impossible because the final step of my mom finally getting her papers was you needed a sponsor Mm -hmm. and and the sponsor had to be willing to pay um it was like xx amount as salary if that person did something that would like count the taxpayers money so that it would come out of their own check and what's crazy about that stipulation is wait the only reason my mom had a sponsor was because she illegally came to the u.s mm-hmm. and met so many people and they all loved her and she yeah. had plenty of people who would willing who were willing to sponsor her and so the crazy thing is okay let's pretend like my mom's um, application process would have gone through quicker well so what it would have got to the last step and then she needs a sponsor from the u.s mm-hmm. who's gonna sponsor a random mexican lady yeah. who's trying to come to the u.s it you know. won't it won't happen. right it would never happen i mean even having a sponsor it took um i have two families um an aunt and uncle and their kids who aren't married um who just came to the u.s to live here and that happened about two years ago not even and it took them 11 years oh my gosh that's not just one sponsor i have so much family in america now and it took them 11 years to come to the States. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, and I think the fact that this person who sponsored my mom, they're like really wealthy. I think that that helped in the process in some way because they kind of like checked off something like that they were willing to pay, you know, XX or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. And, and then along with all that, all the fees, which you, I'm sure you're, parents have told you about like no you know, they haven't yeah so my mom i mean she paid a lawyer almost 10 grand and then she had to pay her um her ticket which was like for jumping the border because that's illegal you you get a ticket for that and so she had to pay that ticket as well and you know she's been saving <clears throat> up all this money because she's no. like one day i'll get it and she's mm-hmm. like i'm gonna pay it and so anyway yeah that's just a really quick well, that's probably a little, little different for my parents since they were sponsored. And so, well, my dad was sponsored by yeah. my uncle who fled before him. And then um, I think it's a little different based off of where Romania was at. Right. They were accepting <laughs> a lot of Ukrainian, Russian, okay. Romanians because of communism. And um, my dad had a really good job, but not until two years later, communism was over and my dad was already living here my mom was able to come with my sisters. And so I think that maybe the fees are different or they're just like, that's unimportant. We had so many other things that we were worrying about. Well, I think the fees, a lot of the fees for the lawyer was the lawyer The lawyer had to do a ton of research on the laws that were broken. Whoa. So, oh, yeah. so my mom mm-hmm. had to pay him all those hours that he was contacting the right people to be like, hey, look, she broke these laws in these years on this date and these are the tickets we need to pay so um that's so intense yeah so it was like per hour and uh, you know lawyers charge like you know i don't know how much it is 100 to 180 dollars an hour or something so um it was that plus then finally when all the hours were up he's like all right cool so after all my research and stuff here the tickets pay them and so it was funny because you're like paying someone to then like find you um but Mm -hmm. Anyway, and yeah, it's, maybe. And it's cool that she became 
documented because then she could go see her mom in Mexico, mm. which was right. like the best part. The right. whole thing. I remember when she first went to Mexico. She it was, was so happy. So exciting. Congratulations yeah. to your parents. That's huge. Yeah, it is huge. That's it's really cool awesome. because because now they can do what they've always been doing the right way, right? And so it's so cool because my mom, she's always like cleaned homes. And now she's like, okay, cool. Now I can get my LLC. Like I can actually wow. do it as an actual business. And then my dad, I mean, yeah, he's been mowing lawns illegally, but he's like, okay, cool. Now I can do it the right way, you know, you know, and it's not that he hasn't even, it's not like they both haven't been ta- paying taxes. They both were still taxed. The only difference was they weren't getting a tax return like everyone else was. So they were just paying it and then they weren't seeing anything. And so, yeah, I was talking to my mom about all of this. Um, right before I was coming because I I was telling her what I knew about you and your parents and I said compared to what you went through do you have any questions that you would want to ask him or anything that you would want to relate and she was just saying how um, I'm sorry I almost got emotional right there oh I am a little bit (laughs) just like for you guys how hard it has to be coming here undocumented and always having to look over your shoulder like you were saying and she said that takes so much willpower and it just shows how coming away from like you can just tell like you're not just running away for no reason yeah you're running away you like because you're running away like although your mom walked over the border she wasn't walking (laughs) in her heart She's running away from something huge and you don't risk your life for something that big in the same way my dad. But um, she was just saying how awesome it is. And yeah, I think it just takes so much power. And I wish it was so much easier, especially like what you were saying for those who have a clean past and who are here. I mean, your parents came and they still paid their taxes and they still worked hard I wish it was easier for people like your parents. But unfortunately, that's not all people. In the same mm-hmm. way that even communists, they lied. And for some way, they got through it and they were able to come to America and they were saying that they were Christians. And that's really frustrating. Hopefully, they got, get caught one day. <laughs> <laughs> right. I I don't think I like realized um, how scary it probably was for you and your brother and um, your mom uh growing up because until i think a couple months ago uh when we were coming home from your guys's house uh and we got pulled over and we've i think since um since you and i've been together we've experienced i've i've experienced some i shouldn't say we you've experienced some racism that i have viewed uh which is so weird uh it's it's such a weird experience viewing something like that um anyway when we were coming home you know you know what i'm about to say right yeah and we got pulled over and i was like oh you know we're probably gonna get pulled over you could tell he was like running our plates and and i was like oh, i'm gonna get all my stuff out so sure enough the lights go on and you know he walks up and he you <laughs> I'm like trying to frantically get all my stuff and I can't find my title and I don't know where any of it is. And you just kept telling me he's not going to ask for any of it. I was like, yes, he is. Why are you saying that? You know, so he's not going to ask for any of it. So then we roll down the window and then, you know, where are you guys coming from? I'm like, our 
our pastor's house playing board <laughs> games. And um, and then he, he looks at me and he goes, who is this guy to you? And I was like... And I was driving. And he was driving. And I was like, uh, my boyfriend. In hindsight, I wish I would have done and said so many different things. I didn't talk to me at all or No. And yet. I'm trying to find my title and all that stuff. He's not asking for my title. He's not. I mean, he's like, well, whose car is this? I'm like, it's my car. Trying to find all this stuff. There's a police officer to my right. And then he's talking to you. Right? He Then he asks for your license. He doesn't ask for registration, the title, nothing. And that, that's never... That's never happened. That doesn't happen. And, oh, what well, the reason why he pulled us over was because our reflective material on our license plate was wearing off. I called BS on that. Oh, oh, yeah. That was, like, the only thing I'm sure he could even think of. So then he goes back to the car, and I was like, what is happening? Like, I literally was like, I don't get what's happening. And you were acting like this happens all the time. And he was just trying to see if you were a legal citizen. And that blows my mind. It was so crazy for me well he let us off with a warning yeah and he told me to go to the dmv to get that taken care of which you know i haven't yet but um it was just such a weird experience driving back and it was kind of like emotional because i'm like you've been dealing with this your whole life if you like if you were illegal you would have been taken away right then like you would have been taken away from me and who knows what would have happened and the fact that people are living like that right now just living their lives here and then something like that you just get pulled over for no reason because the guy saw you were mexican and then not only that but then seeing ice members just parked like in certain areas of medford just like waiting for for mexicans and i just it's such a crazy experience to like be a part of yeah i mean the thing is I'm actually not phased by it. Like I don't, I don't actually don't care. Which um, I, that's what I want to talk to you about because you like the fact that you don't care. That is such like a powerful thing because you don't let it affect you. You don't let people treating like tr- treating you like that affect you. Right. I think so. It's funny because a lot of the issues that I that we have touched on, it kind of comes back to my my political beliefs and my political beliefs are like. They're a little weird. Like people are always phased by them. They're they don't get why I think the way I do. Um, not that it's like special or unique or anything. It's just that uh, different, I guess, for a Hispanic or a Mexican. But um, I just don't like. It's funny because I'll say like, oh, yeah, I just don't like cops, and people are like, oh yeah, because they're always picking on you. And I'm like, no, nah, I just don't really like like government regulation. Like just every like the way that everything is controlled is I'm just like not for it um, but I still support the system like if I don't support the way that everything's being run then um, then my world's not going to be very happy because there's going to be criminals everywhere and you know things aren't going to run correctly and so I have to understand why he pulled me over you know yeah he saw that I was Mexican well there's a, a high chance that I could have been an illegal and there's a high chance that therefore I could have been a criminal. You know, it's like just understanding why he did these things because that's not unique to me. I mean, I've, you know, I've been on jogs before where I, um, I'll just be running on the street, you know, just going for a jog at night. And then a police will like, you know, pull up right next to me really fast and then like be me with his light and, and just start talking in Spanish to me. Like, where are you going? What are you doing? And I'm like, <gasps> And I'm like, oh, just jogging. And then he'll like kind of 
be taken back and oh and then he'll start talking in english to me and well, i'm like didn't one time he say didn't you say i'm going on a run and then he said where are you what are you running oh, from right right so that, oh. <laughs> that was how you're like oh the house i just robbed that's what i'm running from <laughs> yeah i i was just yeah i that's actually more specifically how that situation came out which i understand we do live in an area with a high hispanic population but at the same time I don't see us differently at all. We grew up so similar in, I mean, at least in the ways of um, culture is concerned. Even Mexican and Romanian culture, so similar. Um, Except I've never heard of a Romanian running, getting pulled over and someone's like talking to him in Romanian. And that's because, I mean, I look white. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, I actually have a cousin who people always would pick on him because he looks Mexican because Romanians are um, typically, I'm not, typically very dark skinned mm. and um, he looks like a more typical Romanian. But if he's obviously in an area where people aren't used to Romanians or any other culture, but there's a lot of other Hispanic people, then he'll get picked on and people will talk to him in Mexican and Spanish. <laughs> Mexican <laughs> Spanish yeah. and um, he's like why like that's, that's so, so racist yeah. that's so wrong mm-hmm. well that's uh, that's actually just more annoying than anything it's like Dude, I know well, <laughs> like that one time when we were um, in Boise and we were just walking downtown oh, to go get dessert and we had just filmed a wedding and we were walking and like some girl it was like a group of people or something and we were like walking kind of close to them and then she kind of bumped into you or something you know and then her friends were like oh sorry and then she goes do you even speak english and i turned around oh my word i turned around and i looked at her and her friends were like she's drunk she's drunk she doesn't know what she's saying and i was just like and our children just like rolled his eyes and i'm like is this real like (laughs) even if he didn't speak english like what makes what makes you think that you can talk to somebody or that why would you want to talk to somebody like that like what's the benefit in doing something like that well see then what it comes down to is like how am i going to choose to react to that situation and you did nothing you didn't even care i wanted to rip her head (laughs) off and you literally didn't even care and i'm like oh my god i know it doesn't matter but oh it matters. <laughs> see, this is why Arturo is so different and so amazing, and he can't even see it. I know. <laughs> he just says, it's your reaction that matters. I know. I mean, if more people reacted the way that you did... That's a world I want to live in. The world... Even this political climate, would it would change, because it wouldn't be about being super liberal or super conservative or a Trump supporter or not or any of that. None of that would matter if we just actually loved each other, not right. in a super cheesy way, but actually supported each other as human beings, you yeah. know? Well, that's the thing is I, I think there are certain situations that do matter. Like if I saw them attacking someone because of the color of their skin, obviously then I need to act on that. And I can actually be like, oh, they're, they're actually racists. But I can't look at her and say she's a racist because she said, "Do you even speak Spanish?" Like I don't know she's anything just, about it, her. She's just ignorant. Yeah, she just she she doesn't even know what she's talking about or what she's saying, or maybe she's just trying to be funny for her friends or whatever, you know. That doesn't mean that she's actually inherently racist. It just means she's 
you know, at least 10% stupid, you know. At least. So. Well, and I know this is probably the worst example in the whole world, but this is the only one I have. But I just remember growing up and everyone would always make comments about me being homeschooled. I know that this is no comparison, but this is all I have. (laughs) But I would just remember how annoying it was because it still happens to this day. You were homeschooled. This is why you act this way. Oh, Oh, you were homeschooled. I had no idea. And it was always just a topic of conversation. I'm like, why does it matter? This is so annoying. So I can't even imagine for you how annoying it must be for that to be a topic of conversation when you're like, I was just born like this. Mm -hmm. Like, why does it, why does this matter? Why is this something that people talk about? Why do people say racial slurs to you even as jokes, which for some reason always happens? Like, it's just so strange that that's the way people act. I don't know. Yeah, it's the only reason that I find a fault in it, because once we're grown up, I think we can start to understand how to behave in certain situations. But in middle school specifically, or even in my later years in elementary school, I remember not wanting to be Mexican and just being like, man, I just feel dirty. I just feel like I don't belong here. And it was because I didn't look like everyone. And it was weird because also I didn't fit in with the Hispanic kids either because I didn't want to be like them. Like, it was weird. I was like, but, you know, people would be like, were at least like teachers or even my mom just like hang out with these kinds of kids. Or even my mom would even tell me like, don't hang out with Mexican kids. Like, she's because she knew maybe the way they acted or the kind of culture it was or so it's really weird. It, it's it kind of took me for a spin, like which is kind of part of why I only had one friend growing up, like one person that I trusted, and um, it was funny because the one friend that I did have, I mean, they were the ones, and I don't know why I was the most comfortable with them, but they were the ones that were the most open about racial things. Like they would use slurs a lot. And they would make fun of my culture a ton. Um, But for some reason, I felt really comfortable with them. And I don't know why that was. I think it's because they were so open. and And I liked the transparency. But also, I think it's because they actually showed me love. Mm -hmm. They obviously weren't, like, hateful or vindictive. Like, you know, uh, for instance, you know, like his dad. He would, you know, I don't, he would call me... Not. I mean, I feel like you're allowed to say it because you're Hispanic. I don't right. think I'm well, allowed he, to say so it. So he would he would call me a beaner every time he saw me, but he would which hug he still me, does. Which he still, <laughs> the first it, time I heard that, I was like, um, I'm sorry. Is this okay? Why is everyone fine with this? But legitimately, he was the first man, like the first dad ever, who walked up to me, and he said, he said, "Hey, you beaner." And he hugged me and he just gave me the biggest kiss on my cheek. And I'm like, what is this feeling? I'm like, I don't get it. It's like I'm being hugged and slapped at the same time. Right. But I, that's why I almost was like the word itself. I almost didn't care about it because his actions reflected something so completely different. And I'm not saying that it's justified by any means, but um, I felt very comfortable because they didn't feel... Face the mic a little bit more. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they he didn't they weren't like um it didn't feel like they were actually racist and you know go ahead i have a theory yeah because i'm trying to process this in my brain and i'm bad at processing in my brain so listen to me throw up for a second 
please do. It's almost like he's using the word as this is the worst thing that everyone calls you. And I absolutely love you in that. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and I don't know at all if that's his intention, but it's almost like I'm going to use the most dramatic worst term that you could be. And this is how much I love you in that. Mm. Well, it's that makes so much sense. Yeah, that's actually yeah. really it's very insightful. <laughs> Thank Good you. job. Yeah. <laughs> My throwing up is done. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he was actually one of the few people who also was so transparent. It's funny because mm. I talk about this with Olivia. The people who who are so protective of my um, culture are the ones that are the most annoying. Like, I cannot stand them. The ones who are like, you know, just for example, the ones who hate Trump, you know. It's like, don't come to me and be like, hey, doesn't it suck that Trump is president? It's like, why are you telling me that? I don't, like, that right there is annoying that they're already assuming who what i think Mm. because of who's president or whatever but for them and based completely off of just how you look based on how i look but then but him they were so open about the way they politically thought yet yet they they were so loving in that and they would always they were always so conservative but i mean they had me over all the time and you know his his mom loved me and she would always hug me and kiss me also and they'd always like have us over for dinner and everything and it was so cool because i actually felt loved it didn't feel like they were it didn't feel like they what they were doing was because they felt bad for me it was because they Mm. actually loved me and that's how i feel with um this other side that i'm kind of talking about the people who do feel bad for me who for being Mexican it's not um sympathetic it's um they have pity over you right so it's they it's finally a group of people it's a family who isn't showing pity and making you feel like oh so you're Mexican like how is this for you right but is like hey you're a normal person so how is that for you? This is how we are. Well, it's almost like they addressed it right off the bat. Hmm. Because these people also, I would say, there are people who would call them racists. Like, I actually know people who would say they're actually racist um, because of the way they talk or the way they are. And it's weird because I'm like, of course people would say that because of the because they're just open about their thoughts. But they've never shown me anything different. They've never shown me that they are racist. You know, that's not what I've taken from that. So anyway, kind of a weird branch. I don't know how we got to this, but yeah, no, I we've already been going for over an hour. Oh, okay. Um, but I just have a couple more questions for you. Sure. Um, so if there's anybody listening who might be in the same position as you, with you know, somewhat whatever, uh, what advice would you give them to? To make them feel, I don't even know the word, like to be accepting of their, like of themselves and give themselves grace um, and know that it's okay to be different and to not overreact when they might be put in a box that they don't want to be put in. Like what advice would you give to people that are feeling that way? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, the, like our races, they're, they're how we're born. It's almost like an illusion. 
and it's it was almost kind of placed on us as a test like how are you going to treat this situation now and i think what it comes down to is like make the best of it like ignore it like the that's not your identity the way you actually look is not your identity mm. it's like who you are um what you do um you know and and for me personally like i'm always gonna say hey you know my identity is christ period but you know don't if you define your identity by the way you look like you're already fa- failing like mm. you've already failed because now when something happens that has a direct correlation with your identity your your visual identity then you're actually going to be very hurt by that and so if you don't overcome these weird little things um then you're going to be real you're going to have like a rude awakening when these things finally happen and you know another example of that would be like you know very sad one but people who place their identity and maybe their spouses you know if if that's where your identity is and once they're gone you're going to be hurt so much more Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. than if you hadn't done that than if you would have really understood who you really are and what you're meant to do um same with careers like you know someone who's a photographer well what's going to happen when you lose everything like what's what's going to happen when you don't have your your camera with you are you your identity is just gone and so things are just going to seem so terrible and so it might seem like a stretch to compare the way we are born like the way we look to those things but in a way i would say it's hardly any different because just I don't know. The way I look doesn't actually define who I am. You know, um, I hope that I hope that I can look past it so much that when someone says, who's Arturo, they don't say, oh, he's a Mexican. They say, oh, Arturo. Let he's me tell you about Arturo. super hot Spaniard. Oh, who's, mysteri- looks, who's mysterious. Oh, we're not supposed to go off of looks. Yeah, hopefully. It, <laughs> hopefully <is> blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's crazy because I guess with you guys, like, people wouldn't say oh it's the white blonde girl you know it's like they they're gonna identify you in a different route with you it may be oh zap you know zap the pastor from story his wife yeah and you're saying right now kind of like exactly what i was hoping you would do but like you don't like that you don't like that that's how people identify you You, that's not my identity right when people call me oh you're the pastor's wife i go yep that's my name right mm-hmm. and they go oh do you not like that i go no <laughs> and it's yeah. it sucks and for you it's like you have your own title too and no one wants that which is what i don't know you told me <laughs> lisa's the one lisa's the one that would have it, to answer that. it used to be the the one that played the harp that's what i got my whole life Alex's sister Which who played the harp that's what I would get oh really mm-hmm. but the one who played the harp that's actually kind of cool yeah, yeah but I don't play it anymore so I don't know the one that uh takes photos probably which is lame <laughs> well and then and that's I guess what I'm trying to bring it back to is like be be so uh, understanding of your identity that people can see past like see past the the literal form of it mm-hmm. so that people don't identify you as Oh, the person who's in that relationship with so and so. Yeah. More of oh, she's the incredibly beautiful girl, you know, who you know, 
Um, and then maybe they could could be like well, you're talking to Lisa, yeah, right? You know, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> As he looks straight at you, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. think so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's that that's yeah. Genuine. No, I've I've talked about this for a long time, and you've, people might have heard it on previous episodes. But the fact that the thing that I say that everybody hates is when I say that if you died, I would be okay. And that's not saying that if you died, I would skip on my merry way and be okay, but that I wouldn't completely lose myself because my identity isn't in you. And, you know, one day when we become married, my identity still is never going to be you. My identity is going to be in Christ. And I think a lot of people don't like that because maybe it doesn't sound like um, real love or something. Um, But I think it's just so important like you said, to really know yourself and know what your worth is and know that if you got into a tragic accident and you were burned over your whole body, there would still be people that loved right. you because it's not about what's on the outside. Well, that's good, yeah. Yeah. Well, what I think is that is true love and what it's not is infatuation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I think that's that good. that's the issue that people are having with that is that, well, you guys have been dating for so many years Seven. Good for you. Yeah, seven years. I almost said eight. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, it will be. It will be. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. You guys are over the honeymoon stage. And so if there was one. We did not have a honeymoon <laughs> no, stage. No, there was not. But, but I think that's the beauty of the foundation that you guys have together is that it's not built on, oh, well, he was really hot, so I said yes to the date you know what I mean which isn't wrong mm-hmm. hopefully anyone who has a relationship like that you have a great foundation um, that's built later um, but I think that that's something that a lot of married couples actually lose themselves in and so the fact that you guys aren't married yet and you have this is beyond beautiful because that means that you guys are, are set if and when you get married i'm not putting anything on you yeah i said when you get married but i mean if and when Mm -hmm. no pressure thank you thank you i was getting nervous so yeah Yeah, i think without branching to going on a tangent i think it uh uh, he truly feels like my best friend because of it as opposed to Mm -hmm. um maybe like my significant other or whatever because you you know even when we do get married I still more view you honestly as like my best friend and my business partner. And like, that's really fun to me. Like that's not as uh, romantic and whatever, but it's cool that we were able to like build that foundation, but obviously we can go off on something else, but definitely I think that applies to how you look on the outside or how you grew up or whatever. Right. That's the craziest tangent from that. I know. Well, you said something about relationships and, that was nice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. My last question that I ask everyone, which you know, is um, branching off of our silver lining of the week. As far as how you grew up the way that you did, what would you say that was really bad um, that has become the silver lining of, I guess, your overall life or whatever? Yeah, I think, uh, and this is just me, but people who who blame their situations on their future circumstances um or maybe backwards like who blame their previous circumstances on their future um i think that that's wait what do you mean so people who are like yeah i'm this way because of this the victim card right Mm. 
and I understand that there's so many difficult things that can happen to people but like you could be like oh I'm this way because I grew up with no dad and right whatever well that's like the more common one for sure daddy issues right yeah so the thing with that is it's not hard to look at to know the right from wrong and um, there are there are definitely some fine lines but I think when it comes down to it I think you know like how do people know like no one is ever taught not to kill someone right mm-hmm. how, how do we know like none of us none of us ever in you know from zero to uh, 20 or let's say like 24 when you graduate college not once did anyone have to teach you to not kill someone and why is that and it's like there there's some sense in our head that tells us some right from some wrong Mm -hmm. and that to me is enough evidence to show me that there's very few excuses in this world and some people are born into some legitimately terrible situations and they're definitely bypassing what I'm about to say but it's not an excuse to to not live like a fruitful and plentiful life where you can just like serve people for the rest of your life and that's the best life Mm -hmm. and so um very few situations fall under that category where you can use that as an excuse obviously if you're born with no hands or legs like yeah you're dealing with some serious crap like that's different than not having a mom or a dad so but then you listen to nick Vujicic, who's yeah. an amazing speaker and then you're like wait then there's literally zero then, excuse then, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah like, there's literally no excuse whatsoever right. i mean and he, that guy is like he's active too he's not just like oh, yeah. slouched back in a in a little wheelchair no, you know? he's in a country every day different country every day that's yeah. crazy and so yeah great that's awesome well thanks for being on the show thank you so much for thank all you. your insight a lot of wisdom thank so, you <laughs> whoever ends up with you one day is gonna be such a lucky girl so lucky it's gonna be you <laughs> oh that was sweet we'll end he on that he just got down on one knee he's, <laughs> he's proposing and oh saying gosh. no this is so awkward <laughs> okay well um thank you and uh i, I don't know uh, okay. Um, <laughs> do you have a little salt and pepper jingle or something? No, that well, I can where, put that where in can after. Where can everyone find you? Oh, that's good. Pimp yourself out, as oh, some podcasts yeah. say. So, um, at Arturo Endes on Instagram, and just message me. I don't post very much, but and where else? At? I like at where coffee. Else? Where else at? Yes, that's it. No, I had two, two things. things film. Oh, two things film. If everybody want to, everyone wants to see his stuff he's incredible at what he does um so go watch his stuff yeah, on two things film.com or two things film on instagram or any of the videos that we post yeah and if you want to see like the visual mexican of me mm. that's there's a video on there of me so. perfect all right well thank you for being on the show thank you bye well guys thank you so much for listening we really hope you enjoyed the show and you got a lot out of arturo's story this week um, as always, you can always find us at um, the Salt and Pepper Podcast on Instagram. And don't forget to join our secret Facebook group, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders. There we just dive into more of the topics that we talk about on the show. And we would love to connect with you over there. Thank you so much, and we will see you next Tuesday.
Thanks for listening. Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast, at Olivia Corinne, and at It's Maddie Black. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We'll see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.